Welcome to Midlife Madness, where we check our ego at the door and have unfiltered conversations about midlife issues that lots of people deal with, but don't generally say out loud. So we invite you to pull up a chair, grab your coffee, and let's chat. Welcome to Midlife Madness. I'm Leslie, and I'm here with my sister, Marie. Hello from Minnesota. Hello. And we have two rules here on Midlife Madness. And if you've listened, you already know what they are. But we're going to just remind you every time because it's a big deal. We don't talk about politics and we don't pass judgment. So basically, we're not like your social media page where you have to like fight the urge to (laughs) say something to defend whatever you believe about whatever. Uh, So this is a place where you don't have to worry about that because that's not our intention. And that's definitely nothing you're going to have to deal with here at Midlife Madness. Today, we're really excited to be talking to you about something that I think is super important because I've learned so much in the last year and a half about it, uh, empty nesting. So if you know somebody who's about to enter these years, if you're in the middle of them, if you've been on the other side and you want to know how you can help your friends who are about to go through it, this is the podcast for you. So we're glad you're here. Yes, I'm well into the empty nest. Sorry. I am clearing my throat a lot today. (laughs) And I, and you know what, here's the thing. I was going to like try to edit all that out, but I'm like, listen, I'm on the tail end of a cold that my kids gave me for Christmas. Like literally (laughs) they gave this to me for Christmas. All my kids showed up and I was so excited. And then I realized they were all sick. So I got to take care of them for a week and then it produced in me. So you'll hear me doing that. And I apologize, but I can't edit every little thing out. So, and we'll talk about that more in a minute, but anyway, so what what were you saying, Marie? Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying I'm well into the empty nest. Yes. And I've even had some some kids come back and leave again, one, I think, <laughs> more than once. Yeah. And I guess the key is to make sure that, yeah, if they do come back, that they leave again. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I'm very much in the enjoyment phase. Oh, yeah, I'm getting there, too. Nesting. But you know what? This is not Marie. You've been with me. This has not been a good road. No, it this has not. been one of the hardest roads I've ever traveled. So before we get into this, though, we do have a segment we love. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> That's going to get really old. You, you could edit some of those. Out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to get really old. And it's really funny because the thing I'm going to say about my, I can't believe she said that out loud has to do with this. But anyway, I want to hear your story first, Marie. Let's, let's hear it. Okay. So first of all, my, I can't believe she said that out loud is in reference to last week's episode. And let me tell you the story and then we'll lead up to that. So when, oh gosh, many years ago, probably 15 years ago, I had a a dermoid cyst on my ovary and they were going to take the cyst off my ovary um, in in a minor surgery. And when they went in, it was too big. So they ended up taking my ovary. And my first question to the doctor was, well, does this mean I'll get my aunt flow visit every other month now? Since I only have one oh, ovary. No, because seriously. <laughs> I know. And I work in the medical field. Okay, I'm embarrassed. I'm telling you, I'm saying well, it out loud, man. I'm saying it out loud proud. because it loses all its power. All exactly. It. It's and gone. so I um so having said that, I thought, you know, maybe now it'll be every eight weeks that Aunt Flo will visit. Well, yeah, I, I was dumb. <laughs> so I know now that the other ovary takes over, it doesn't work like that. However, right. On last week's episode, if you caught it, maybe you didn't. Leslie didn't catch it until I pointed it out. But I mentioned that Aunt Flo comes to visit every eight weeks (laughs) instead of every four weeks. 
So she was like, can we edit that out? I'm like, I didn't even notice. Yeah, didn't and, even notice. And she goes, oh, I'm so embarrassed. I'm like, oh my goodness, whatever. So I was reverting back to my <laughs> dumbness apparently, but um, yeah, yeah no. I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, but that is what happened. But that's not why I called it eight weeks. I just messed up. So yeah, yeah. Okay, so here is my, I can't believe she said that out loud story. And it's pretty awful, pretty humiliating. I I used to do work for uh, a prayer and meditation app. And I would, it was like voice work. And so I would, you know, do the voice work and I would edit the stuff. And there was one particular time a couple years ago when I was at the tail end of a cold, kind of like I am now, and um, clearing my throat a lot and <clears throat> like that. Like I did that, I kind of pulled that in there because I needed to do it, but really that's what it sounded like. But there were a couple of times when it would sound a little worse. And I got a call, a call from my boss one day and he said, Leslie, we got uh, your your thing that's coming in tomorrow, the, the meditation for tomorrow. And we were listening to it and he wouldn't tell me who caught this, but he said, I think he was just didn't want to embarrass me because it had to have been somebody high up in the organization. They're listening to this incredibly like mellow, lovely meditation. And all of a sudden they hear not, but (laughs) you didn't edit it out. I'm not even kidding. I forgot to edit it out. How did I miss it? I don't know, but I don't think I've, I've like, do you know when you get that flushed, embarrassed feeling on your face? Like oh, that, yeah. it gets warm. My face was like that for like a month. I was so <laughs> mortified because, like, you know, I'm a woman. Women don't make those noises, um, especially and then record them and then send them. You know, I am so thankful that they listened to it before it went live the next day because everybody who listens to that app would have heard me do that. So, yeah, that was my. I can't believe she said that out loud. So anyway, you know, I, I made a joke of it. There's a song from the 80s or 90s where the guy says, "Let me clear my throat." You know, you know what I'm saying? And I like sent it to my boss and he cracked up. So we tried to make light of it, but my goodness, you know, the things that, that happened to me. That was a doozy. It was a doozy. It was horrible. <laughs> horrible. But anyway, now it's out in the open. So it's lost all of its power on me. I will no longer have a red face. How's that? Well, today uh, we are going to talk about empty nesting because um, it's funny. I... <sighs> I did it all wrong. Yes, you <laughs> so, did. You did people, it. Some people way. learn things in a classroom and other people learn them on a field trip. Okay. I was on a field trip and it was not a fun one. It was one of those field trips you wish your parents wouldn't make you go on. Um, I was becoming an empty nester within, you know, a year or so. And and my husband and I made these lovely plans to move across the country. And um, so we basically moved from South Carolina, where all my friends, all my support system, uh, my kids grew up there. Everything was in South Carolina. And we moved to Utah, where I know absolutely nobody, right? And so we moved there. And then literally, I realized very quickly, oh, my goodness, like, not only did I move to the middle of nowhere where I don't know anybody, and I have no support system, but I am now an empty nester. Because it was right when our daughter graduated from high school and she went to college. So I show up to Utah. And so I'm like, okay, well, I have something to look forward to. I can stay busy getting the house ready and and not even think about my kids or whatever. We, we had one child with us. So I thank Kennedy for really, I think, saving my sanity by not you know, <laughs> pulling the, the rope at that point. But she had to put up with me being a complete 
basket case for a little while. I mean, it was bad, but I did try to look forward to the fact that they were coming for Christmas. You know, they were all going to be there. We were going to have this great time. And, and it was, it was amazing. All four of my kids were home for a little bit. Uh, they brought friends with them. They, it was just, my house was chaotic. And let me just tell you, I thrive in chaos. What I don't thrive in is stillness and quietness. I'm just not, it's not my thing, right? It is not your thing. No, it it is is not my my thing. thing. It is definitely (laughs) my thing. (laughs) And that may be why I had such a hard time dealing with the empty nest and you didn't, you know? Mm -hmm. But um, I'll never forget when they all left, when Christmas was over, and I didn't have anything else to look forward to. And then within a couple of months, Kennedy decided she was ready to move out. And then it got even more quiet. And I was so, I was in such a dark place that I had to, I actually went on some medication to try to help me through that, started going to counseling, started talking about it more. Um, But, you know, here's the reason I want to do this, this show specifically, because there are ways to do empty nest that work. I, I did not do the thing that works. And we do have some really good tips. But the hardest thing for me, I think, was that all my life, and you know this, Marie, like, if you would ask me what I want to be when I grow up, it was never like, you know, an astronaut or whatever. I wanted to be a mom. I wanted to be a mom. That's all I ever wanted. And, you know, I know there's a lot of people who listen and go, really? Ugh, you know, you got to be driven. I'm like, that is driven to me. I think raising kids is the most honorable job that there is. And so I, this this was my dream. And then all of a sudden, in an instant, it was like I was forced to retire from the best job of my life. Right. And it sent me way into a depression. And And it's because I wasn't prepared. It's because I don't think I really thought about it. I'm kind of one of those people where if it's not pleasant, I just block it out. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I really thought through. So if you know somebody who's about to go through Empty Nest, um, this this may actually be a really good podcast for them to listen to. And we'll get into a little more of like tips and things at the end. But Marie, why don't you share your story? How did you handle the Empty Nest? Well, before we move on to me, um, not only did you move across the country and become an Empty Nester, your kids scattered. Oh, yeah. You, you have to talk about that. A oh, little yeah, bit. you're right. You're right. Because here we are in Utah. And yes, Kennedy is here. And I realize a lot of people are like, you know, you're really not an empty nester. Kennedy, you know, she lived with you. And it's like, no, but it, when you're used to having all those kids around and all of a sudden there's nothing. I had a son. My son, Tommy, lives up in like the Washington State area in the Cascades. Uh, and then Kennedy was here in Utah. Stephanie moved to Minnesota. And, and then Peyton stayed in South Carolina to go to college. So I literally had a kid in every time zone that we have in America. And it was so hard to keep in touch with them because it was like, okay, what time is it there? (laughs) You know, I don't want to call during this time or whatever. And, you know, they had a hard time keeping in touch with me. So it wasn't this seamless, I, you know, I had the visions of we were all just going to be FaceTiming all the time and it would be so easy. I started a little Marco Polo train, Mm -hmm. you know, with Mm -hmm. all of them. We never do any of that. Everybody hits the ground running and gets busy and it's tough. It It can be really hard. So yeah, it's been tough, but I, Rod and I have a plan and I'll tell you about that in a little bit, but Marie, you go ahead and share your story. Yeah. And I think that I wanted you to say that because the reason why I think it was easier for me is my kids didn't go very far. Hmm. So um, both of my kids right now live within a half an hour of me. 
And um, which lucky duck. Exactly. They're not so close. I worry about them catching me walking around in my undies. Yeah. But, <laughs> Is that what you do? <laughs> no, we have too many windows, honestly, <laughs> but I'm ready to move out into the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, sorry, that was a disgusting. No, <laughs> but <laughs> just move forward, Marie, leave it behind. <laughs> but, but also um, keep in mind, you know, I was married and a mom at 18. So yeah. being a young mother, I was also a very young empty nester. So oh. I think it was 41. I mean, wow. who thinks about be having an empty nest at 41? People are still having babies at 41. Yeah. And um, so, you know, it was a little different for me. And um, the first thing I did, I, I, like you said, I had all this time on my hands and I was in a job where um, there was a lot of people getting laid off in the industry I was in. And I was thinking, I'm going to get laid off and I need to do something that's going to distinguish me from all of these people that I'll be competing with for jobs. So that's Marie basically thought ahead. I did. <laughs> and, and I thought, Unlikely. I honestly was like, what can I do? And so what I, yeah. I decided to go back to school and get my master's degree. Right. And so with all that extra time that I had, I went to school. So, I mean, that was something I was able to do mainly because I was a younger empty nester. Right. And, um, and then my husband felt like, well, I can't be the least educated person in my family. So <laughs> he like was he very, he, yes. So I had my MBA like two years before he finally had his, but he had to do it in order to compete. And that's what oh, we you do. guys are hilarious. Yeah. We kind of compete. I can't help it. We have, we have a ton of games in our closet that we played once. I won. So he won't play again. <laughs> Okay, well, that's hilarious because Rod's kind of like that too. I'm not competitive. I'm just not. If you ever watched Survivor, you'd see that. I like clapped when the other team won. Oh, I'm so happy for you guys. Um, so I'm not, but Rod is very competitive and he won't play games with me. So I'm just, right. you know, at least you got him to play a game once. Well, Rod's yeah, like, no, now I don't want you to see this side of me. Well, I, I had a garage sale last summer and sold all those games because I know he'll never play them with me again. So that's hilarious. Um, oh, but goodness. anyway, I think um, just... Now we're able, you know, we're both out of out of school finally, which I will never go back. There is no doctorate that is appealing enough to put me back in a classroom. <laughs> no way. And um, I just remember stumbling over that finish line when I got my MBA. I was so I glad was so to be proud done. of you, though. Oh, so proud you. of you. You did. You. you did. It. You did it, girl. And you so, were the one that had the one point what in high school? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, let's not go back to that. Okay, sorry. Moving on. <laughs> so now we travel. I mean, we made a bucket list. We truly did. We have a bucket list. Yeah. And we're we're checking stuff off. It's mainly travel and concerts. And yeah, um, she loves the chaos of a concert. Now, I don't that's know one chaos I don't like. It's so weird too, because I, I don't do well in crowds and there are times when I'm at a concert and someone's next to me and they're drunk and they're like moving their arms around and they're hitting me and I'm just like annoyed and yeah. I can't, I can't deal with yeah. that. But for whatever reason, I handle concerts pretty well. Well, that's so, good. So that's, that's kind of my story. I mean, my kids are close. Uh, I will say moms, boys don't stay in touch. They're, they're so it's heartbreaking. Uh, wait. Well, okay. As well. I, you know what? I think Tommy calls me more than my girls do. Okay, that's weird. Everybody oh, I've ever talked a, to. He was a mama's good. boy. He's it's a good. It's, it's not, not weird, Tommy, if you're listening. It like you listen. It, it's awesome, but it's not typical. Yeah, oh, I know it's not. But it is. And I always think that. I'm like, you know, he'll just call me and talk. 
Kennedy will actually come see me because she's only like 40 minutes away. But, you know, like well, that's, it's tough to keep in touch with everyone. It is. And I, I mean, we're recruit, recording, excuse me, at what? I, well, it's like noonish my time. Mm-hmm. And I've already talked to my daughter twice today. Yeah. <laughs> So I've been texting it, with my kids this morning for sure. Yes. I found a funny meme. I'm that mom. I always yes, send them the funny memes. I'm like, ah, and they're like, oh, geez, <laughs> mom. Yeah, I'm definitely midlife madness. But well, so. your experience was a lot different than mine. I like that you and Bob kind of embraced it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we were so busy moving and making plans for, you know, where we're going to live and all that we just didn't even think about it. And Rod, um, he actually said something to you or to, to your husband once, you know, that he said, you know, I don't know if I've made a big mistake moving Leslie across the United States, like right Mm -hmm. at the point of empty nesting. Um, and, and the truth is maybe it was a mistake, but it, it, to me, it really, I learned things well on field trips. I learned yeah. what not to do. And I've always been that way. I've always been the person who did the mistake and then got in trouble. And then you would go, okay, note to self, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and mistake is a strong word. I would yeah, say yeah, yeah. you just chose the challenging path. Oh, through that's and so cute. I yeah. love the way you put that. That makes me feel yes. like less of an idiot. So thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's no mistakes. I mean, you're right. You're right. Happens for a reason, everything but, happens for a reason. And but it, it, was it was very hard. hard. And I... I think I underestimated it. I think I thought I was stronger than I was. But, the, you know, the one thing that's hard about being an empty nester, and this is, I was telling you, Rod and I are like making plans for the future now. We're thinking about it now, is that when you want to get together with your kids, it ends up costing an arm and a leg yes. if they're not close. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with all our kids scattered, I have we have friends who have four kids as well, and they all live in different, you know, different areas. And so they were telling us that, you know, if they want to get together, they've got to pay for a place where everybody can fit, including mm-hmm. the significant others. Mm-hmm. And then they've got to pay for them food and all this stuff because in the airline tickets, because the kids are all still young and in their twenties and trying to, you know, make it in life. They say it, it costs them ten, fifteen thousand $15,000 just to get together for a, a holiday weekend. Mm-hmm. And they told us this before we moved. And I remember thinking, whoa, I hope that doesn't happen with us, but it, it, it would. If that's the, if we decided to downsize, yes. if we were going to downsize, we would have to end up doing that. And so we've decided to build a house that is big enough for all of our kids. And we're just going to stay put instead of spending all the money traveling, which I, I totally admire and wish that I could do all of that, that you guys do. Rod said, okay, we have a choice. We can either, you know, pay and travel and do these things, or because our kids are scattered, we can just take that money and build a house and a place where they can come where it's not going to cost us an arm and a leg every time they want to come. So we've had to make a different decision than you. And I feel good about it. Cause he said, if you, if it's between going to Iceland and seeing the Northern lights or spending a weekend with your kids, what do you want to do? I was like, no brainer. My kids, I love the, I would love that. That would be a great experience, but my value, like what I would prefer you don't have to make that choice because they're so close. Exactly. I was just getting ready to say that. And yeah. so what the the difficult decision that we made was staying yeah. in Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. We, that was not the plan. And no, you know, we both want to live on the ocean and we aren't going to for for years, I'm sure. And so yeah, it was we were able to make the the decision to travel and you know, go to concerts and all that because our kids are right here. Yeah. If we want to see them, we'll see them. 
Mm-hmm. And um, not that <sighs> so, I can't even and, imagine. And Bobby, if you're listening, I would love to know what's going on in your life. I'm sure he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I'm sure Tommy's listening. <laughs> and, and you know what he's thinking? If he is listening, he's thinking, mom, the phone works both ways. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. We <laughs> can't give them a hard time if we're not doing no, it too. So. No. Yeah. It, it is hard to know. I, I was talking to Peyton on the phone last night and, um, you know, I was like, we hadn't talked in a while. She's my youngest. She's in college in South Carolina, but she's just really busy with her school and work and everything she's got going on. And, um, but we finally nailed each other down last night and we were talking and I said, I I hope that it's not like awkward for you. You know, that we haven't talked in so long and now you're like, oh no, I got to think of something to talk about. You know, she goes, never mom, are you kidding me? And we talked for a long time and it was so great. And I thought this is, this is so cool because I can do this. And it may be a few weeks before we ever get to catch up again but she's not like taking it personal and I'm not taking it personal. We both kind of understand life is crazy, but we're there for each other when we need it. Yeah. And, um, but man, I tell you that because of my kids not being close, we had to make a, a decision that really will affect our future, but we're okay with it. Yeah. Well, you know? I'm glad because I'm going to come visit too. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. And that's the thing too. We're like, Hey, we're in the mountains and we have friends who are doing the exact same thing at the beach. And right. so what, we were like, we can switch. <laughs> okay. So your husband at your daughter's wedding told my husband that we oh. have to build a beautiful beach house <laughs> so that when you guys want to be at the beach, you can come visit us and we can come to you in the mountains. So, Well, that is a brilliant idea. Then we'd have two <laughs> friends with beach houses. We literally have friends who have said, you can come anytime. So, you know, you, you got to kind of make alliances when you're going through the empty nest syndrome. Exactly. Alliances with other parents who have, you know, enough room for everybody. So, okay. So know. tips, we do yeah. have some tips. Do you want to start? Uh, yeah, I will start. Okay. So the number one tip, if you still have children in your nest, Okay. Make sure that you're nurturing the relationship that you have with your spouse. And I say this because that, that is a place where I kind of dropped the ball a little bit. I was, I was like full-time mom and, you know, my husband is so amazing and so supportive and he knew being a mom was like my dream and my goal in life. And so he was very understanding, but a lot of guys aren't. And it can be really tough because then when they move out, you've got to get to know this person all over again. Um, So I encourage you make date nights, travel with them, um, make that relationship your top priority, even if the kids are still there, which it's so hard. It's hard. Easier said than done. It is easier said than done because the kids, there's something that I I need to be needed. And Mm -hmm. my husband doesn't need me is what I'm thinking. But in reality, he does. But Mm -hmm. he just needs me to be there. He doesn't need me to do a bunch of things for him. He just when I'm around him and when he's around me, there's like this comfort that we give each other that feel like sometimes, you know, I would let him go to bed and I'd stay up late and watch the movies with the kids and hang out with them. And then, you know, I felt like, I don't know, I really regret that. I Mm -hmm. I regret that I sort of didn't pay the attention to him that I should have, but I'm very thankful that he's understanding about it. So, yes. And so for us, it's interesting because when we were young and married, Mm -hmm. we were, we just didn't have any resources to like do fun stuff. Oh yeah. And um, in fact, so Bob, <laughs> this is this Bob used to say, we aren't poor. We're po. <laughs> we can't afford, the we can't anymore. afford the OR at the end. We are po. 
<laughs> We're so broke, we can't pay attention. Exactly. So um, we started to like do vacations and stuff like that when our kids were teenagers. And what we would do is alternate years where like one year we'd take them, the next year we'd go alone. Then the next right. year we'd take them and next year go alone. And that would made it a little easier to build our relationship. So we were lucky and still very young when our kids left. So we right. and luckily, you know, we enjoy the same kind of music. We, we have the same types of hobbies. We, we want to visit the same places. So, but that's lucky. And that's something that um, if you haven't nurtured that over the years, mm. and then all of a sudden you're living with this person and you have nothing in common, that's really, really hard. Instead yeah. of looking forward to the empty nest and being able to mm. Um, enjoy that relationship. You're kind of like, oh no, I have to get to know this person all over again. Right. And that's right. tough. Exactly. So, so that's the, it, of everything on this list, that's yeah. the most important. Yeah. And that's why it's number one. Right. Exactly. <laughs> this is the number one. So the second thing we have is join communities online or even, you know, if there's a neighborhood group or, you know, start going to, you know, some some neighborhoods will do like card games or just make sure that you're not sitting at home alone because- yeah. That, that is a problem. And but even an online community, there, there's just so many things. Listen to our podcast. We're gonna li- we're gonna be talking about stuff. Oh yeah, that, that is totally is relevant. And, yeah. Well, and it's funny. I one of the things I did, do you remember I told you, I think it was last week when we were talking, how I wrote that letter to myself when I had a hysterectomy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like I was thinking ahead, and this is why I don't have to think ahead because it's always stupid. But I decided to once Kennedy moved out, I made an online community for empty nesters. And Mm -hmm. I thought this is going to be my solace. This is going to be the place where I go. I hardly ever post on it because it really ended up not being that big of a deal. (laughs) Once once I, you know, got used to it and started to enjoy the things about it that are pretty amazing. Yeah. I don't, I don't need it. So I'm sorry if you join that community and I'm not posting in it, but we hope you're listening. Yeah, we hope you are. Cause this is this one I'm paying attention to the community (laughs) of midlife madness. Cause there's so much, so many more aspects to it. Think ahead. Okay. And number three, and this is a no brainer, but keep in touch with your kids. And um, even if that means planning a call date with them, uh, like FaceTime or Skype, like with Peyton, for instance, I had to say, when are you available this week? Mm -hmm. Let's plan something because, you know, their lives are busy and your life is busy. And so it was nice to to know that I had a date with her last night and um, keeping in touch with your kids can really help you not worry so much about them. If you're a worrier, I definitely am. I just need to know they're okay. And oh, it helps. yeah. So oh, every now and then um, I'll text Bobby and just say, are you alive? <laughs> <laughs> all I need is a yes. Yep. That's all I need. <laughs> and then we're good. <laughs> okay. The yes. next thing on the list is make a dream list or a bucket list and start checking those things off. Yes. So, you know, what are you passionate about? Maybe you need, you could, you could start a blog or find a way to volunteer or serve your community, or maybe you could start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the advice that I took because um, honestly, I th- I have always really been a firm believer in in just togetherness and unity and having people to go through things with. And midlife is kind of you know up and down and all around, and it's mm-hmm. so hard. And you feel like you're going insane sometimes because there's so many things and decisions and and just stuff, you know, well, to, to have people to go through that with is, is huge. So, well, and I do think that, um, as parents, as women, especially I, so sorry guys, this is re- really for the ladies out there, sometimes men, but 
we we spend all our focus on our kids. Yeah. Everything we do is centered around someone else and we put ourselves on the back burner. So whether it's we stop exercising or we're yeah. just, we're not having quiet time or doing the things we enjoy, that's what we're used to doing and you get to a point where that's all you think about doing and then all of a sudden you're like wait a minute. Yeah. When did I become important. I have to focus on me. Yeah. Well, you know, I use the example. This that's such a great point and I almost forgot about this, but this is a good example. When my kids left, I realized that all my life I had a lot of deep personal issues that I had never dealt with because I just said, I don't have time for this. I don't have energy for this. So I shoved it in the closet, right? Mm -hmm. Everything was about my kids. So they move out and all of a sudden those closets started opening Mm -hmm. and things that I didn't want to deal with kept pouring out. And I was like, what in the world am I supposed to do with all of this? Mm -hmm. I don't even know how to focus on myself. I don't even like focusing on myself. I would much rather give to someone else, which is why I like teaching fitness classes because I'm helping other people. And, and I like being a mom because I get to serve other people. I get to cook for other people. If I'm here by myself, guess what? I eat Mm -hmm. cereal. Like I don't make a nice (laughs) meal because I would prefer that I do that for someone else. And so when it came down to it and I was like face to face with the fact that, okay, well now you got to start dealing with this stuff. It was, that was part of the depression part in the first Mm -hmm. six months. I was not prepared for that at all. And it was very difficult, but it did help when I started asking myself, what am I passionate about? What is my adventure list or my dream list or my bucket list, if you will? Um, And then, you know, started doing things in my community. I joined a volleyball team. I, you know, started a podcast. I'm, you know, trying to do things that don't have really a whole lot to do with my kids. Right. And I didn't think I would enjoy that, but I actually am. It's, It's okay. And they're so supportive, all my kids. So it's been great. So number five is all yours. Oh, my. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Number five, and this is a really big deal if you're approaching empty nest or even if you're in it, like avoid big life changes. (laughs) Like you did. This is is where I dropped the ball. This is where I (laughs) dropped it real bad. And and to be honest, if if somebody would have told me this, I probably would have moved anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, Because Rod and I do have an adventure list or a bucket list. And 90% of the things that are on it are out this way they're out in the West. And so mm-hmm. we thought if we move out there, we can start doing our adventure list. It'll be great. And we were thinking about the list, but weren't thinking about everything that else that we would be leaving behind, like my friends and my support group and the kids scattering and all of that. So yeah, if if possible, try not to make big life changes right about that time or big decisions. Um, kind of settle into it first and start finding joy in your new life, really, because it's a new life finding joy in that before you start making those big choices. Yes. So number six is go back to school. And when I say that, you don't have to do what I did. You don't have to go back and get a master's degree. What if, what if you just want (laughs) to learn Spanish? You know, what if you want to learn, go to your community center and learn how to do Excel on a computer? You know what I mean? There's so many, learn how to ballroom dance. I mean, there we go. Okay. There's all kinds of ideas. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's what it worked for me. Um, but like I said, you don't have to do it big. Like I did. You could just take a class and you meet people and, you know, maybe you are planning a trip to a country and Mm -hmm. you want to learn the language. So, um, I I would love to learn Italian because I want to spend time there. 
but yeah. I have not yet. And I'm nervous about the language barrier. So yeah, you know what? I love that. I think that's really, really a good way to spend your time. And, you know, another good idea is maybe if you have a church, a local church, yes. join one of the Bible studies, because exactly. not only are you going to learn and grow spiritually, but you'll be able to connect with people. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of empty nesters in those. Um, yes. I went to a Bible study a few weeks ago and I walked in. I was so excited. It was like during the day. I was like, oh, I'm going to meet all these moms and whatever. I was the youngest person there. And I thought, this is awesome. I want to be here. These women can mentor me. They can help me, you know, Mm -hmm. to grow and learn. So there's so many different uh, avenues and ways that you can can learn and grow. And let's face it, not very often do we walk into a room and we're the youngest person there. Yeah, it felt kind of (laughs) good. Oh my goodness. You just totally exposed the truth. Okay. Um, Okay. So here's number seven. Uh, If you've been a stay at home mom, uh, maybe go to work, go back to work. Maybe you stopped working when your kids were around, even if it's only part-time, it'll get you in community. You'll feel like you're accomplishing something. It's a reason to get dressed and get out and, and meet people, you know? You kind of did that, like, because you stopped for a little while and then went back to work when your kids got yeah. a little older. And I now did. look at you. You're a hot shot. Oh, yeah. Such a hot shot. Uh, don't you I know. sound like a hot shot? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. So number eight. We have 10, by the way, if you're wondering. Yeah, we're almost um, there. Organize and declutter your home. And now I have done this. Mm-hmm. I actually do it too much. Uh-oh. I am constantly trying to organize things better. And so that's probably an issue for me. But anyway, but it accomplishes two things when you do this. You're more organized and that makes you, I mean, it just makes it easier, especially like in a kitchen or something like that. And I I did watch that Marie Kondo um, thing on Netflix. Yeah. How's that working out for you? Is your, are you, do your drawers still look like that? Cause mine don't. They do. do. You're way better than I am. My shirt drawing way. It is much better. And, um, but I did not kiss anything as I threw it away. So, oh, good. Or yeah. say goodbye to it. That was silly. Yeah. But the second thing this will do for you, though, is it gives you a feeling of being in control of something. Yeah. that You know what? It's so funny that you say that because when I when my kids were at home and I would get into, like, Tommy and I would get into, he was a tough teenager. I loved him. But he, like, every gray hair I have is from him. And he, um, he and I, now I just adore him. So please know that it gets better if that's where you're at. <laughs> um, but whenever we would start fighting, I would just start cleaning and like cl- decluttering. And the ki- the girls would say, are you and Tommy fighting again? Like they could tell, by the way, I was just feverishly trying to get anything that I could touch to control, you know, and, and controlling that environment. And I said something about it on Facebook and my friend who's a counselor said, this is a very very important thing to do. And what you're doing is actually something we tell people to do all the time because it gives you that illusion of control. You know, Mm -hmm. even if it's just for a moment, it just feels so good to know I did that. It's clean. I can walk away and it's done. So I highly recommend the D, you know, the organization decluttering, um, going through your rooms, you know, especially if the kids, you know, they're not going to be coming back. You can make it into your, your new office or, workout room or whatever. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and if you, if you take that kid's bedroom and turn it into like a workout room or an office, yeah. they're very unlikely to move back in again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and some of you, that's a good thing. Others of you, you're like, oh no, that room is going to stay exactly the same for the rest of my life. <laughs> I want my kid to come back. Um, oh yeah. man. 
Um, okay. So let's see here. Number nine. Yeah. Focus on your mental, physical, and spiritual health. Brings me back to the the workout room, maybe. Uh, so join a gym, take long walks or baths without kids banging the door down. Learn to give to yourself. It's not a bad thing. I think we almost feel like we're being selfish when we do for ourselves uh, as moms at times. And, you know, when we can give and and really push into our physical, spiritual, emotional, mental health, when we're making steps to make ourselves better, we're going to be better for everybody else. Yeah. And um, this was a huge one for me this past year, learning how to do that and, and being okay with it, not feeling guilty about taking me time. And it feels really good once you get past the stigma of it, like that, uh, you know, I'm a woman, I need to be doing for other people. And I'm not saying only focus on yourself, but listen, focusing on yourself is something that I think we all need to be trained to do. At right. Even when our kids are at home. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so the last thing um, on the list, if you don't have one already is you can rescue a pet. Yeah. This is one of the things that really, we didn't rescue a pet at the time. We had pets when our kids left, which mm. meant I still had something to care for. Right. And we had, oh gosh, I think we had three pets when they left and one has since left us and we gained one. So I have, oh no, two have left. We lost a cat and a dog. And then, um, so we're down to two dogs right now, but um, they give me purpose. They let me use those nurturing skills that are really necessary for my personality. And um, so if you, if you don't have a pet and you don't have severe allergies. Yeah. um, Well, and here, here, I forgot to mention this part. So <laughs> when I, um, the beginning of my empty nesting, it was like that January when everybody left for Christmas and I fell into this deep depression. Well, February 1st, my dog died. Oh, and I remember that. I was like, really? Like, how much more can I take? It was the hardest thing. And so I immediately put my name on a list of like, if a Yorkie needs a rescue, call me kind of list. And by February 14th, I had another dog. <laughs> yes, you did. It looked was, almost identical to the yeah, one that he's, he's a mess. He kind of, he's annoying, but he's a lovely, lovely little thing. He has to wear a diaper and he's kind of ratchet, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I love him. He hardly has any teeth, but he, you know, he's, he depends on me. He loves me. He follows me around and sometimes it's annoying, but I am. Um, I'm really glad. And then of course we have Max, our golden retriever, who is now eight and he looks at me like I hung the moon. So having that around is really helpful. Yes. Having somebody to snuggle with. So, you know, empty nest doesn't have to be uh, as hard as we think it could be. It doesn't have to be um, a sentence. You know what I mean? Like it is actually something to be enjoyed. And that's what I want to encourage you to do. You know, date your spouse, enjoy your life, enjoy the fact that your dishes are going to be caught up. And like when you go to put something away or find it in your kitchen, it's going to be right where it was. <laughs> right. Everything's going to be in its place. And, you know, and and the laundry will be caught up and there'll be days where you're like, I really don't have any housework to do. I guess I'll go on a hike or whatever. You know, it's enjoy those moments because really this is a beautiful time in life. And I never thought I would say that because when I was going through the hardness of not being prepared and everything coming at me at once. Yeah. I wondered if I'd ever smile again. So it's happening mm-hmm. and I'm happy. So anyway, that is our uh, empty nest podcast. I hope, I hope you've gotten some help or some 
ideas on how to handle it, or maybe even just heard us and thought, okay, I'm not alone. Um, yes. That's huge. Knowing that you're not alone. It's, it's okay that you're feeling the way that you're feeling. And it's okay to have a bad day, but we hope that you'll have more good days than bad days. Yes. I threw something out on Facebook about empty nesting because I thought, well, you know what? I, sometimes it's nice to hear from other people and their perspectives. Um, and, and the question I asked was, are any of our midlifers empty nesters? And if so, what's the biggest thing you've learned? And uh, Marie, you want to share the first one? So the first one that I have is from Tina. Uh-huh. And it says that I can do fun things that I want to do. I've spent all my life putting my kids first. So this mm. is different for me. Oh, we just touched on all this. We totally and did. Tina, yeah. I hope that we were able to share something with you that maybe will help you along your way. Yeah. Good for you, though. It is kind of fun to to just be able to decide where you want to eat. And nobody says, no, I hate that place. Or when you cook, they don't go, ew, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cheryl Lynn said, I learned that our children are not extensions of who we are, meaning I didn't raise you like that is one of the biggest insults to an adult child. They are their own spirit and it's okay for them to navigate their own way through this beautiful gift we call life. I love that. Mm -hmm. She said, experience truly is the best teacher, but I learned that my boys really did listen to mama more than I thought they did. Have you, have you seen that too? Like, yes, my kids are always saying things. I'm like, yeah, they were listening. And then she said, and this is my favorite. Also, I learned to splurge on the extra soft toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, girl. What are you, I, that's a good question, Marie. Are you splurging on anything you didn't splurge oh, on? Wow. Uh, well, I've always got the soft toilet paper. So yeah. that even when we were po, <laughs> I got the, the soft priorities. Paper. That's what I'm talking about. Priorities. <laughs> that's funny. That's great. Okay. So the next one I got was from Joyce, and mm-hmm. she said, I've learned they move back in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do sometimes. They do. They, Actually, I've had that. My, me my too. has moved in a couple of times. and But you know what? It's okay with me. I, I don't mind. My kids don't want to stay with us forever, but they know that we're here if they need us. Yes. And that's that's all we want. We just want them to know that we're their, we're their supporters. Uh, okay. So this last one cracked me up. It's from us. Mother. It's okay. from our mom, who's yeah. also named Joyce. Yeah. Her, her name is Joyce. And uh, she said, and the reason it, it made me like, you know, here in a second. She said, I can cook more with onions and green peppers now. <laughs> <laughs> because Leslie and I both hate onions and green Ew. peppers. Yes. And we would get so upset. But the truth is, she never really stopped. This is what cracks me up. Remember, she still did yeah. it. And, and there were times where she'd make turnips and say they were potatoes. And I was like, girl, mm-hmm. lies. Yeah. Terrible lies. Lies. Or she'd be cooking liver and onions because our dad, our dad it loved smells it. smells good. It's it's delicious. It smells amazing. We'd get so excited. We'd come in the door and then we'd realize what it was and we knew it was going to be a bad night. So <laughs> I'm glad you're cooking more with onions and green peppers now, mom. But let's just, let's just say, let's call it the spade a spade and like say, you did still do it. You just tried to do it without us knowing. <laughs> but we were too smart. We figured it out. Well, it's funny though. My kids would say the biggest advantage of them not being at home is that now they can eat onions and peppers. <laughs> exactly. My, my son actually said, mom, you know what? I feel like I was deprived as a child. Like there is flavor <laughs> in the world. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Now they all like love onions. And, yeah. 
So does my, well, my son does, or Bobby doesn't, but Mandy, yeah. And she cooks with like peppers and onions and blah. Can I just say one more thing? And then I promise we're going to wrap this up. But like, I feel like onions are the most selfish vegetable ever because when you put them in something, whatever you're eating only tastes like them. Yeah. Like onions are very selfish. And that's why, you know, they're so selfish, in fact, that they make you cry. Right. When you cut them. Stupid onions. If you love onions, then they're probably you do because I think we're the only 12 year olds that are in our yes. right now. But um, if you do, good for you. I wish I did. I Me try. Too. I try to like them. I even put them on a sub sometimes and then take them off so I can <laughs> the without the actual crunch. Yes. Oh, they're so I, I use onion powder yes, for the flavor. Yeah, yeah the flavor is good. I don't know. It's the texture, the crunch, the like overpowering. Okay, this, sorry. Yeah. We digress. Wow. We went really went off on a tangent there. Okay. Okay. As we wrap up our empty nesting podcast, I uh, just know we would absolutely love to hear from you. Uh, you can find our podcast Midlife Madness on our Facebook page or on our website, midlifemadnesspodcast.com. If you like hanging out with us, please like us, share us, follow us, add us on your podcast subscriptions. And when you have a moment, uh, leave a rating or a review, uh, especially if you liked us. Uh, <laughs> this really does help build the Midlife Madness community and helps people notice us. And we want to build this community. We don't want it to shrink. We want it to grow. And we're so glad you're a part of it. As a matter of fact, that brings me to my next point. On Facebook, we have over 800 followers now. Once we get to 1,000, we do have a giveaway. Marie, do you want to announce what the giveaway is? It's not a really big deal, but it is. Well, I mean, we thought it was a really, because like it was so exciting that you took a picture and shared it with me when it came in the mail. Right, exactly. So, but it is, um, it's a Midlife Madness coffee cup. Yes, coffee mug. Coffee mug. And it's it's Nike, not the little 11 ouncer. It's 15 ounces. <laughs> and it's nice. And um, and I'm super excited about it. So we will be having a giveaway on our Facebook page when we get to a thousand. So make sure you're sharing the page and um, we'll be giving out maybe a cup. We'll give out two mugs, probably two winners. It'll be fun. So anyway, we're so glad you hung out with us today. I hope you learned something. Hope you enjoyed the show and that you will share it with all of your friends, especially those in empty nesting phase or about to enter it. So as we leave today, we will leave you with this. Mm -hmm. May your children be close enough to watch your pets while you're on vacation, (laughs) but not so close that you don't feel comfortable walking around the house in your birthday suit. That might be my favorite one yet, Marie. That was really good. Oh, but don't forget, my friend, you are enough right where you are. Thanks for hanging out with us today on Midlife Madness Podcast. Have a great day.